Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to America's Heroes Group Roundtable, a tribute to former Secretary of State General Colin Powell. October is National Breast Cancer and Domestic Violence Awareness Month. It's October 23rd, 2021. I am Vietnam veteran host Cliff Kelly. And I'm his co-host, Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. And we are so uh, lucky to be um, <clears throat> working with uh, this crew is here. Our co-host, I'm the co-host, but executive producers Glenda Smith, our digital media producers Ivan Ortega, Scouts Honor Productions, 
And our panelists are Danny K. Davis and uh, Russell General Russell Honore. But our panelist, uh, Kent Danny K. Davis, he's an honorable Illinois um, uh, Seventh Congressional District Congressman uh, that uh, is. He is an America's Heroes Group Advisory Board member, and Russell L. Honore is a retired lieutenant general who served as the 33rd Commanding General of the U.S. First Army at uh, Fort uh, Gilliam, uh, Georgia, and America's Heroes Group Advisory Board member. And we have Chris Kennedy, who is the nephew of the late President John F. Kennedy, son of the late U.S. Senator Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, and founder chairman of Top Box Foods and America's Heroes Group Advisory Board member. Uh, today's discussion is going to be centered around a tribute to former <clears throat> Secretary of State General Colin Powell, who has excellence in services, uh, sacrifice, dedication, and bravery. Uh, he uh, is with four stars. M many people, you know, have to fight to try to even get one star. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, Colin Powell... Uh, blazed the trail for so many, not one, just one stripe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And not only yeah. for all Americans, for everyone who's entering that service, he has set the tone yeah. and the demeanor that a professional should have in the military. Uh, so he is a icon and a star for everyone who ever has worn this uniform. And I'm going to start off with, uh, and you're going to hear a much deeper, much more profound voice than mine. I'm going to bring on uh, <laughs> Congressman uh, Davis on, and he's going to give us some of his impressions about Colin Powell. How are you doing, sir? Well, let me just tell you, I am doing just great. As a matter of fact, I don't know if I could be any greater because I just left a tremendous ceremony down in Chinatown. Mm -hmm. where the Chinese American Service League was presenting to the families of Chinese soldiers mm -hmm. in World War II, mm -hmm. one who mm -hmm. won the Congressional Medal of Honor and just got it, and they gave me the pleasure of presenting it oh, to wonderful. his family members, and we honored about 25 additional families of Chinese American soldiers who participated in World War II. And then, of course, they served the lunch. And so, <laughs> you, you know, I'm in good shape. <laughs> but I'm here, and here I am, you know, on a pound with uh, General Honorary. <laughs> and the rest of all you outstanding people talking about Colin Powell, I had an opportunity to shake hands with uh, Secretary of State Colin Powell one time. Mm. And I don't think I washed my hand for about <laughs> two days. <laughs> my wife said, if you wash your hands, I said, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I said, I ain't washing my hands. wash your hands. Good. <laughs> no, I tell you, it's just a great honor to be with you uh, 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 all, the whole group. Uh, Cliff, you know, hey. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Dr. Arnold, mm -hmm. Glenda, 
Colin Powell, any way you cut it, was just simply an unusual but usual individual, a soldier mm-hmm. and a diplomat. You know, a soldier and a diplomat all at the same time. A tremendous gentleman. I mean, a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Just, just, you know, he exuded confidence. Yes. He was impressive whether you agreed with him or not. I mean, even if you didn't agree with what he was saying, he was so impressive until you almost would agree anyway. <laughs> and and so, I, 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 I mean, he was just stellar. I mean, everybody looked up to him that I, I've never heard anybody have a negative thing to say about General Colin Powell. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, they had some compliment that they could give. Mm-hmm. So I'm just honored to have lived during the time that I had the opportunity to observe him, to listen to what he had to say, to see the accomplishment that he made even though they were not easy. But who cares whether they were easy or not? Mm-hmm. Nobody never really promised you a rose garden know-how. <laughs> and so he made it look easy. <laughs> and yeah. That it was automatic. <laughs> Every president who had a chance to say stuff about it has said it. That's right. Every, every senator who who have been in, in his presence. So I'm just honored to have had an opportunity to shake his hand and to read his comments and hear them. And, uh, you know, what else can you say? Great American, yeah. tremendous human being, one for the ages. Congressman, you're totally correct. Everything you're saying, I totally think you, you're right on point. Uh, he was just uh, a t- tremendous person. You don't get many like that, and we are fortunate to have gotten to know anything. And people like yourselves having the honor to even meet him, I think that's great. Well, hey, it was my pleasure and my honor. Okay, very good. Thank you, Congressman Davis. You, you know, and you are an icon yourself. Absolutely. You know, I always say that. Um, you know, uh, and it's because of people like you that we, you know, we in the military were able to do the things that we could do and uh, for your service that you've been given to us as a nation. But, we, you know, we also have uh, Chris Kennedy on. And, Chris, give us a little bit of an eye, you know, a view of Colin Powell, how, how you uh, viewed him and his successes. Well, first, I, I just want to say what an honor it is to be on the panel here this evening with all of you. To be with Cliff, to to be with you, General, to be with Congressman Davis, who's done more for access to health care in this country than any other individual. It is a real honor to be with you. But like all of you, I am here for one reason. Mm -hmm. Just like you, one reason. The reason is Glenda called me 
<laughs> so we got to recognize Glenda as well. <laughs> so you put your shoes on and came in. So, you know, I grew up down in McLean, Virginia, and that's where um, where Colin Powell lived. Um, we were both in Washington together, and I remember when um, my Aunt Jackie passed away in 1994. He and I were both in New York, and he reached out to me, and he offered, he had access to a private plane and transportation, and he, he reached out to to offer that to the Kennedy family to make it easier to attend the funeral services for, for uh, Jackie. And that, to me, is a great moment in my life, this phenomenally strong and powerful man uh, thinking about others mm-hmm. uh, right at the pinnacle of his career. And it reminded me that, uh, you know, he had served briefly under President Kennedy. Um, he enrolled in the military back in 1962. And and then his his parents lived in New York, and they were represented in the United States Senate by my father. And my uncle Teddy, Senator Kennedy, um, was one of the senators who confirmed him in his various roles, including Secretary of State. So our families had a long relationship with his. Um, And I think all you really need to know about Colin Powell is that, like you, Cliff, he was a Vietnam veteran. He arrived in Vietnam on Christmas Day in 1962. And from that day forward, he was the voice of the veteran in national politics. You know, he said famously, he said, you know, politics isn't a dirty word. And you need to be engaged, and even if you're in the military, to understand what is going on. And I think everyone, whether you served or, or, or not, you were glad that there was an adult in the room in national politics, in the highest levels of our government, for two decades, who was worried about the frontline service people in our country, um, and he weighed every decision, I believe, with the folks that he served with in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, one of the things that I remember, uh, Chris and and uh, Congressman Davis and uh, General Honoré, was, you know, he, he had two parents, both from Jamaica. He was born in 1937, but he actually, his wife, Alma, came from the South. And when he went to his first post, uh, I remember him writing about this and saying, you know, basically, you know, uh, he had the experience of camaraderie and, uh, you, you know, a different kind of sense that everyone was making the same money, everyone was together. And uh, he actually was uh, doing well in that situ- situation. And as a result, he said, this, you know, this is like the military basis for, like, uh, healthy cells in a country that still had cancer with racism that he had to confront but that he felt that this was the uh, one of the nidises that would actually help this country unite itself. And he said, I never put that, I never let that get in my way of succeeding and doing the things that I thought I could do. So, you know, with that, I, I should be bringing on another uh, a general, uh, general uh, honoree. Every time I introduce him, I just, uh, Russell Honoré is just phenomenal. Uh, he is, um, he should be a five-star general in my book. <laughs> but General Honoré, I'm going to have you come on and, I'm going to let you talk about um, Colin Powell because you probably had a really intimate, you know, relationship with him. Well, uh, thank you, uh, uh, Heroes Group, for carving this time out 
to uh, share with the listeners uh, this tribute to General Powell. Uh, I regret that next Friday we will pay final farewell to him. But the ultimate words I can give to General Powell is that morning when I heard of his death, the words come to mind and stick to me that he was the general of our time. Uh, each generation will know one. Uh, the previous generation knew Marshall and Eisenhower. And the first generation knew uh, Washington. Uh, and he's in that stature. Uh, I knew him from when he was a lieutenant colonel. We were serving in Korea. Uh, he commanded the first to the 32nd Buccaneers, hmm. which he often led his troops in chants, the Buccaneers. And I was in the 123rd, the Tomahawk. And it was impressive. He was, always was not necessarily physically, but a, uh, morally and statutely the tallest guy in the room. Hmm. Uh, there might have been a two-star general there, but uh, people waited to, to listen to what then Lieutenant Colonel Powell had to say. Wow. <laughs> uh, he was the general of our time. And he, while he played with the idea of uh, running for office, he saw his big role as a public servant. And to those who served in the public, like Congressman Davis, he saw that as a bigger calling for him uh, as a public servant. And never, uh, while he dabbled in policy to make politics work, he focused on being uh, a leader of our time, uh, focused on the protection of our nation, and the Constitution and the words of the Declaration of Independence, which he often quoted. He left for this generation, the 21st century, some enduring doctrines. The doctrine, if you break it, you got to be prepared to fix it, as he told one president. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then follow-on presidents didn't listen to his second most endured doctrine, uh, you have to spend as much time planning to go in a war. You have to spend an equal amount of time to get out of a war. And we didn't listen to that in Afghanistan, and we plundered there for 20 years. Okay. But it's very clear. We have to have a plan to get in and a plan to get out. Yes. And we didn't listen. And as the congressman said earlier, uh, regardless if people disagreed with General Powell, uh, he was always the tallest man in the room. To be able to deliver the point in clear and concise ways that the American people understood it. The pottery bond example is if you break it in a country, you better be prepared to fix it. You go in a country and you destroy it. And when you go somewhere, you have to have a plan to get back particularly in war, and the American people understood that. And I think that's what endured him so much to so many Americans of different uh, politics and race. Uh, most people respected this great man, and we'll pay tribute to him 
of next Friday. But again, I appreciate the opportunity. Again, I knew him as a colonel. I knew him when he was a brigadier. <laughs> and uh, when I was in New Orleans in Katrina, I called him <laughs> to take counsel with him to uh, possibly give some advice to the mayor of New Orleans. That never came to fruition, but he took my call. And the last time I saw him, we were up at uh, Syracuse University. I had given a presentation on strategy and the use of military and civil authority. And he was there to make a presentation to that same group. And I remember walking in the room and I'd taken my tie off. And he looked up and said, Russ, where is your tie? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's, he's to be admired and one that in many ways when people ask me tough questions, uh, I said, how would Colin Powell deal with this? And I've fallen way short because I, uh, I haven't been able to control my emotions and my passion the way he has. But he is a standard for those who deal in the public, support the Constitution, and support the Declaration of Independence. He is a role model for the 21st century. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's phenomenal, uh, General Honoré. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, thank you for those uh, insights. That that makes it uh, even more, you know, real to me. You know, I, you know, when I was, uh, I went to Iraq, of course. You know, back in 2004 in March. But before that, in December, I went through uh, surgery. I had to have uh, prostate cancer surgery. So as I, they were bringing me back into the room, and I was just recovering from anesthesia, my wife, my uh, wife was there. My my um, you know my sister, and she said, "You have to watch this on TV." And I said, "What?" And <laughs> she said, "She said, I, I know you're coming out as anesthesia, but it was actually Colin Powell having the same surgery on the same day, and wow. they interviewed him, and they said." You know, you, uh, they said you have about six weeks before you go back to work. He said, six weeks like heck. He said, I'll be back in a week, in one week, <laughs> yeah. uh, back to work. And, that, that, and yeah. that, that, that hit me so hard. And I said, you know, so it was December of 2003 and then March of 2004. Mm-hmm. Three months later, I was in Iraq. I said, I'm wow. not going to let this stop me. And, uh, yeah. you know, the, the surgeon I had was a Vietnam veteran. And I said, you know you're going to sign this paper to release me, right? <laughs> and he said, he said what? <laughs> and so he, he, he reluctantly signed it. Yeah. But, you um, know, uh, Colonel Arnold, <laughs> one point there I, I failed to mention, he was a soldier's soldier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. During the Iraqi war, uh, during uh, Desert Shield, during the buildup, I commanded a battalion on the Port of Damam, a port support battalion that offloaded ships. I had an infantry task force of 1,200 men and women there with me. And as the airplanes came in, the ships were backing up, and we unloaded those ships. And all uncoiling this 5th Corps and 7th U.S. Corps and 18th Airborne Corps going to Iraq. And his other doctor was going with overwhelming force, the third piece. And he came to the port, and uh, we got on one of these little minibuses. There's about five or six people. I was the lowest ranking one in there. <laughs> I think the driver even outranked me. And uh, he said, uh, Russ, what do you need? And I looked at him and said, sir, we need telephone service. Our troops are going to the local 
Saudi hotels and spending $30 for three minutes calls on an AT&T system that goes through England. And that's what it's costing them to call and tell their family they're okay. Sir, we need a phone service. He said, I got it, Russ. And all he had to do was look at his aid, and his aid put his thumb up. 48 hours later, 48 hours later, he had AT&T systems, uh, gooseneck trucks drive into the port of Damam and set up phones for the troops so they could call home. He's a soldier, soldier. People, the soldiers respected him. Uh, <laughs> and because of actions like this, he didn't have to ask. I was a loaded lieutenant colonel. He knew what I was doing. The security of the port, and there are many people there senior to me. But he remembered from time in the battalion command, battalion commanders deal with the day-to-day, face-to-face. They, they smell soldiers' breath. They see in the pain in their face and their eyes. And he said, what do you need? And the phone systems were there in 48 hours. That's the kind of man Colin Powell is. He made things happen. Well, General uh, Powell, you know, Powell, you know, General Powell's really just uh, been in such a great inspiration to so many of us. And uh, we're, you know, running short on time because we wanted to do uh, one thing. But I, I wanted to really thank uh, Congressman Danny K. Davis for right. taking the time mm-hmm. to, to be with us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Chris Kennedy, uh, all of you are legends, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know General um, Honoré, uh, three-star. That's like I say you need five. Uh, but we are so, <laughs> so happy to have all three of you on. And what we're going to do is do a moment of silence uh, for General Powell. Uh, we honor you and salute you, and our condolences go out to the entire Powell family. And to Alma, we are your family, too. Just 
Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.